Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truth is life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. I just want to start by saying I changed the positioning of my desk where I normally record these episodes, and it feels completely different and good. I'm facing out towards the window, and I hope that by sharing this, we take a moment to look at our surroundings and ask, is where I'm working or living elevating my thoughts and consciousness and making me into the person I want to be? Because this little pivot desk facing the opposite direction has me feeling really jazzed and excited. And I think that says a lot about our environment impacting how we show up, how we're creative, how we're calm, how we're present, all of that. Anyway, this week's episode is with Carrie Glassman. She is a very well-known, I might even say famous registered dietitian who I've had the privilege to call my mentor for the last couple of years. Carrie is a bunch of years older than me with a lot more experience. She is a name in the media, author of many books, founder of Nutritious Life and Nutritious Life Studio. And we didn't even get into nutrition in this episode. Well, we did a little bit towards the end, but we got a lot more into parts of her life that her and I have only really touched on very delicately in real life as friends. So as soon as I interned for Carrie years and years ago, I learned that her life wasn't as picture perfect as it appeared in the magazines and little snippets when I saw her on TV. In fact, she was so much cooler because of what she had gone through. So Carrie was the victim of the Madoff Ponzi scheme, and we didn't get into the details on this episode, so to preface it a little bit, if you're unfamiliar, Bernie Madoff was most famous for operating what the internet calls as 
probably the largest Ponzi scheme in history. It's estimated that Madoff's fraud extended more than 20 years and ran over $50 billion. Madoff was arrested in 2008. That's when Carrie's world crumbled and sentenced to 150 years in prison. So you're either very familiar, remember when the Madoff scandal was going on, or you have no idea and I'm just kind of orienting you. But the point is, is if you had money invested in Madoff, some people had a lot, a lot, or all of their money invested with him. One day it was just gone. Not a penny seen to be had back and you had to figure out what to do. The thought of it makes me tremble and this happened to Carrie and her family. She already had two kids by the time this happened and she had to start from scratch. Suddenly working was not joyful and something she loved to do, but something she had to do. She had to do good and she had to do quickly if she was supposed to put food on the table and give her kids the life that she always imagined. This episode is incredible. Carrie's turning 50 this year and she shares really what it's been like to go through a career in the media with the introduction of social media. She shares her rock bottom moments that she's never discussed anywhere else. So please give her a big hug after this by following her over at Carrie Glassman, letting her know that you like this episode, sharing with your family and friends who are going through something that they think they might not recover from, especially if it's a huge financial setback, and how she was so ahead of the time to talk about health and wellness in a way that expanded far beyond what you eat and how you move your body. Her pillars of health really, really, I think, showcase how wholesome and holistic, for lack of a better word, her approach to health is and how she's always, always, always stayed true to herself, even when that wasn't the trend for what was going on in health and wellness or what was really, you know, what people wanted to hear. So Carrie is one of a kind. She is honestly one of the best people I've ever met. So loving, so heartfelt, so true to herself and always there to elevate me and the hundreds or thousands of nutritionists that she has had the honor to coach and help them become professionals in their careers as well at Nutritious Life Studio. Nutritious Life Studio is the program that she created to help people either further their career in nutrition and learn how to start a practice or become nutrition coaches themselves without having to go back to school and do it all. Uh, we didn't even touch into really all of that she does now because I really wanted to focus on the heart and soul of who Carrie is that we don't get to see a lot. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you leave uh, inspired. I hope that you feel grounded and I will see you back here next week. I am so excited to have Carrie Glassman on The Truthiest Life. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, I'm so happy to be on here with you. You know, any opportunity to chat with you and spend time with you, I love. So I'm so happy to be here. And you're doing such an amazing job with this podcast that it is an honor to be on here with you. When I sat down to do this podcast over two years ago, I had a list of people that I wanted to interview, a short list, and you were on it. And even though you are a close friend of mine and we talk all the time, I actually was nervous to invite you on because the topics that I wanted to hopefully explore with you in the light of Truthiest Life aren't necessarily topics that you openly talk about on your, actually, you've, you've never openly talked about some of the things that we've talked about, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I am so open and you know this 
if you're friends with me, you know, I share anything and everything. There is nothing to hide. I probably open up too fast to people sometimes. And I probably share sometimes even too much. I'm a talker. I talk out my feelings. Like I, I need to like, that's how I process. It's part of my processing of feelings and things going on is talking. So I am such a big sharer, but I don't do it publicly. And I think about why that is. And I think there's many reasons for that, but I mean, we'll probably get into some of that. So <laughs> generationally, there is a difference in our careers. We're both registered dietitians. And I think you have about 15 to 20 years experience on me, something like that. Well, I have been a dietitian since 99. Okay. Yeah. So about 15 to 20 years about. So that's not just a ton more experience and information in your brain about nutrition that we're going to get into in this podcast too, because I think that would be doing our audience a disservice to not hear from such a professional. But we also created our private practices, our names for ourselves in the nutrition world during a very different time. Most obviously, my career erupted with the eruption of social media, specifically Instagram, whereas your career, I mean, how did you get the word out that you are now a nutritionist and you want to serve people? Right. It's so funny because I, I say that all the time. I say I grew up and I don't mean grew up from zero to 18. I mean, grew up in my 20s and 30s and building a family and a career without social media for the majority of that time. Right. The large majority of that time. So I grew up without any of that. So I think you're spot on. That is definitely one of the reasons that it is not so natural to share a lot of things on social. And when I did get myself, put myself out there, also sharing certain things, sharing the behind the scenes wasn't commonplace. You know, people either saw me in my office, right? One-on-one where I did develop deep relationships with many of my clients. And I loved building that rapport and connection. And I did sometimes share personal stories with clients in a one-on-one setting. And then people knew me from TV or seeing my name in a magazine or reading one of my books, but there was nothing in between, maybe in a panel discussion, but even those types of situations were far and few between. It was more like a speaking engagement where I gave a lecture. It wasn't even in a chatty, you know, fireside format. So there was a lot less of that time and place to share. So I think a big part of right that lack of sharing is because of it's just the way sort of I created my career. So it takes a lot of getting used to, I think. And some people, I think my age and my, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a couple months, by the way. Woo! And what are we doing when we turn 50? We're still figuring that one out. What is the goal? Oh, oh, the big goal. Yes, big yes, goal. yes. I thought you meant, how are we celebrating? Yes, well, I guess this is part of the celebration. Yes, that is true. The big goal. Okay, well, now I'm putting it out there. So again, I have to really do this. Yep. So I'm going to do a backflip on my 50th birthday. I'm <laughs> going to make <laughs> Yes, me. I'm going to do it. Which, by the way, I've got a lot of things are working against me here. This is a total side note, but three gyms in my, near me in New York. Two of them will not have adults at all. Oh my god! Classes. That's ageism, right? The one that will that will that does have adult classes is only on Monday nights, which didn't really work for me. So I tried to do privates. They will not do any privates. So the only place for me to go, uh, or at least 
the only one that I of the four places that I've researched is Chelsea Piers, which you know where I live in New York. It is not so easy to get there. Right. And scheduling privates, which I felt like I have to get some private lessons in if I'm going to make this happen in time, has been very difficult, but I am going to make it happen. I have to make it happen now because I've said it too many places now, including here. I love this. I'm going to have it, but it's part of my feeling amazing at 50 and really just starting like the second 50 years of my life, which I'm super excited about. But that's again, that's a little bit another topic. It was an important sidetrack, especially yeah. because aging on this podcast is one that I want to continue to talk about. Yeah. Um, and we don't typically think about 50 year olds as back flipping. So if you could do this, I think it would it would definitely make a lot of press. But the, uh, the confusing part is you don't look like a typical 50 year old. So people might not believe that you're 50. They might just think you're trying to do it for the headlines. By the way, actually, though, I wanted to say something on that note. I've been saying a lot lately. I don't feel 50. I feel 35. I feel like I'm 35. And then I and then I've been thinking about it further. And I keep saying I don't feel 35. I feel like I have the knowledge and I feel like I've evolved so much. I do feel 50 and I feel awesome about it. And physically, I was also saying I feel 35. Right. I, I feel young and healthy, but I'm like, why can't that be 50? So I really have to start thinking about it and saying, I feel 50 and this is what 50 feels like. And 50 is amazing. And I'm truly, really excited about the next 50 years. But again, that's a little bit off topic, but I do want to go back to one thing we we were talking about in terms of putting things out there. It was a little bit of a, the time that I created my career, you know, since social wasn't the norm and sharing wasn't the norm, that was definitely part of why I don't do it. Also, like I said, the second part of that is I don't think it came natural to just put myself out there. It always felt a little self-involved too. And I'm not judging anybody that puts everything out there and talks about themselves on social. That's wonderful. To me personally, it always has felt a little just self-involved getting on there and telling people about my morning. Like, why do people want to hear this? It just felt that way. And then the other part of that too is by the time it was so normal to share and put things out there, my kids were at an age where they would look at me and say, no way. (laughs) We are not on here. They are very private. I didn't want to share their stories. Their stories are their stories to share. So I think there's, there's multiple layers to it. Why I haven't shared a lot personally, but I also, uh, just to add one other thing, I do think going into this next stage of life, I do want to put more out there, but really intentionally and purposefully in a way that I really do think will be helpful. I mean, and you talk a lot about that. Well, I think you bring up so many good points that I feel like I I could have just touched on so many. But to stay on topic here, I think when you said, I feel 50, of course I'm 50. Look at what I've been through. You know, my mind is just envisioning the businesses that you've grown, the businesses that you've sold, the different entrepreneurial hats that you've worn, as well as some of the obstacles that I know that you've Based. You know, you don't go through all of that at 35. And I sit here almost 35, a little bit humbled by that to know that, yes, I have some successes under my belt, but I have some obstacles coming my way because that is just the nature of life and gaining wisdom and knowledge. So kind of to kick this podcast off on the more personal level, you know, your life has looked to an outsider, you know, I found you through your name in a magazine. I was like, who's this cool dietitian in the media? Like you said, once we met in person, you know, you became a mentor to me, you became a mother-like figure, you know, so many things, but 
it was all out there on display, the different difficult parts of your life while working with you as a, you know, an intern for a few weeks. There was nothing that was fake about it. There was just that separation between, you know, Carrie has a job to do. Her job is to deliver nutrition information to the masses uh, in, in a simplified, usable way. Her job is not to share all these parts, but I was like, how cool, for lack of a better word, that there are this many layers to this person and we kind of only get to see some of them. So I think you kind of know what I'm itching at here, but you went through a, a major, major, major publicly, personally, financially difficult time in your life that many people might be familiar with, but don't know happened to you. So 2008, as many people will probably remember, the world was a little bit falling apart. My kids were two and five. I was writing a book. I was at that time working with some brands, doing a lot of media, building my practice. So really working around the clock as an entrepreneur, building this business, two kids. And you know, I mean, all kids require a lot of work. You know, I always I always have said, though, I have two kids. And I think the emotions of 22, I like to joke. I tell them that we, we have very honest conversations about that. We are an emotion-filled household. But anyway, again, living in New York City, doing all of the things, running around like crazy. I will also say, like at that time, too, as much as I was a nutritionist and I taught people part of my practice and taught part of how I coached people was I talked about stress and sleep and relationships. And that was something that I always did from the very beginning of my practice, which we can go back to that too, if we want. But I think you know the story of that, how that's even all part of my original logo. I always talked about those things from the very beginning of my practice, when many people were just talking about diet and nutrition. I always incorporated that. So as much as I was very aware of self-care and managing stress and doing that, I was not living that. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was you know, trying to build this practice, parenting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So then my husband at the time worked at Madoff. All of our personal money was also in Madoff. Not most people that worked at Madoff did not have, a lot of them did not have all their personal money there because it was just very separate. He worked there. Our personal uh, finances were also there as well because of his family and being part of his, being part of, involved in something with his family. So Anyway, we were very tied up in Maidoff. I remember we were going to, we took my son to interview at, I think it was Fieldston, one of the private schools in the city, if you don't live in New York City, a private school for kindergarten. We come back. So it was about like 10 in the morning. I come back. I work in my apartment at the time because I said, I won't go into the, I won't go into the office that day because I'd already been out for part of the morning. Anyway, my husband goes to work. He calls me like 10 minutes later and I had just been with him. So I say, what's up? He's like, there's police here. Bernie's getting arrested, I think. And I thought to myself, okay, like that's weird. But I had no clue what was about to happen. Absolutely no clue. I thought, wow, that's got, that's like, he's having a bad day. Like, that's literally what I thought. Like, that sucks. Like, what's going on? The next thing that happened was we realized we go, we have the conversation. I remember sitting there that night. Then I remember getting on the phone with my dad. And instead of my dad's reaction being something like, wow, like this is really bad for him. Like what's going on here? It was this devastation and this sound in my dad's voice that I rarely, rarely, I could almost cry talking about it because I never, I mean, you know, oh my God, I'm like, I've, I, this is so crazy. Lisa, you're really pulling this out of me because I don't, I have not, no, but I have not, first of all, I don't talk about this like 
almost ever. I just don't talk about it often. It just doesn't come up. I don't know. And I've just, we just got through it. But I think why these, the, what I just got emotional about was actually thinking about my dad, not about myself, not about my husband and what was happening in our lives, but hearing my dad like that, I remember, because you know how close I am with my dad. I mean, I speak to him every day and he is just voice of reason, strong, so supportive, nurturing, but he is like the voice of reason and also the most calm, cool and collected person you will ever meet. Feathers will not be ruffled on him. Like he is just together. And so hearing my dad sounding really off about this, all of a sudden, I think that's when it really hit me. Like what is going on? Because they also were about to be affected by all of this. There's actually a lot that I didn't know. I didn't realize that your husband worked at Madoff. From what I understand, you didn't have to work there to um, invest your money with him. Is that the right word? Invest your money? Yeah. And no, and most people, most people that work there didn't actually have money. That's what I was saying. It was sort of just separate. It was right. separate. So your yeah. money, your husband's money, your shared money, your in-laws money and your parents money to some degree here was all in this one pot that was seemingly doing really well for a while. Right. Like you're bringing your kids to Fieldston, expensive private school, thinking this is the trajectory of your life. Is that what I'm understanding? Exactly. Which, by the way, in that moment of one of those conversations that day, I looked, <laughs> I looked at my husband and I laughed and I said, I guess we should pull that application. <laughs> and he was like, maybe we should pull them all. And I was like, yeah, we should. Needless to say, my son ended up at PS 183. Well, I can laugh about some of those things at the moment now saying that, but, but it was just the irony of exactly what you're saying, like thinking you're on this one trajectory and then just not being on that trajectory. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Just for a moment, you know, talking about your dad and, and his reaction stimulating your reality or waking you up to, you know, the reality, I think is really just something that I want to 
highlight, you know, we talk about codependency as a generally like a negative thing in our society. We don't want to be codependent, but now having become a mother, you're a mother, your dad is a father to you, your parent, I should say, there is something biologically codependent to our offspring and them to us, right? So I think like your dad was kind of like the ground beneath the floor. And then when yeah. he shook, right, like then where do you fall? There's there's nothing underneath the pavement. And that's what gets so emotional for watching you and thinking about, you know, times in my life where I've looked to my dad and he is that ground. You know, he's historically yeah. been that ground, but moments where he's had his, you know, tripped out moments too. That, those are the deeply traumatic moments of life because there's nothing sturdy to stand on any anymore. 100%. I, I think you just nailed it. And I think that's why, again, like, you know, I, I don't talk about this often, but when I do, I kind of talk about, oh my God, that was such a crazy time. I haven't really thought about like that moment and speaking to my dad and thinking like that was when I really knew, holy shit, what's going on. And the other thing that's interesting that I'm just thinking about as we're talking about this right now, Brett, who, you know, my, and my now ex-husband, you know, we just went into action mode and we never really even processed it together. We got divorced shortly thereafter. And everyone always likes to ask, is that why you got divorced? And it, it's not. We had our fair share of problems before that. Could that have been a moment that changed our trajectory? Who knows? Possibly. It, but again, we had our issues before that. Maybe it sped up the process. Maybe it could have turned it in another direction. But I think more likely, perhaps it sped up us not being meant to be together forever, which is okay. And again, that's a whole other story. Yeah, we'll skip um, that one like, for today. I know we can skip that one for today. But I always like to clarify that because I do think when I say that I got divorced somewhat shortly thereafter, people tie those things together. And I really like to separate them because it wasn't that. I don't even give credit to that for the demise of our marriage. That's again, that's a separate a separate issue. But together, I don't think, I mean, we just went into this action mode of, of you know, taking care of kids and I have to go to work and- at that point, I was working full time, but again, it was my own business. So I was in the office when I wanted to be in the office. I was home when I wanted to be home. I was so I was working around the clock, burning the candle at both ends, but on my terms to some extent. And and also we didn't depend, we weren't raising our children on my salary alone, right? I was contributing, but we weren't raising our children that we weren't paying our mortgage on my salary alone. So I all of a sudden had to go into this mode of wait a minute. So all we have right now is that little bit that we keep in our little city bank account right there. Like that's what we have. And then what we have. And at that point, I didn't really keep much in my business either, because again, it was sort of this secondary income. It contributed, but it wasn't supporting us fully. And just to be clear, all the money that you put with Madoff, poof, gone, some left. Like, gone. oh, no, poof, poof gone. Poof, gone, gone, getting none of it back. Nothing. Like, gone. Completely. And so, no, that's why I'm saying I literally looked, we were having that conversation on that day. I was saying, so with that little bit, whatever it was, like a few thousand dollars in our cash account that we keep right there, like that is it. And I remember, like, we were having this conversation, like, yeah, like that's it. And so, Jeez. I remember all of a sudden, I was already burning the candle at both ends and then going to work saying, holy fuck. Now I don't have to just work, work, work to build a business because I want to be successful and I love what I do and I want to grow this whole big nutrition business. Now I've got to work to 
pay that mortgage, put food on the table, you know, pay that nursery school bill. Oh my God. And, you know, my parents were being devastated, as I just mentioned, were also hurt. So there was nowhere to pull from. There was, and, and they have helped me in different, in many different ways over the years. So I don't want to take away from that, but I was not, I did not want to go to them in a certain, in, in a way that maybe I could have in a different situation um, because they were also being affected. And it was a very, very difficult time. But what I was, what I started to get into was, I don't think we even ever processed it together. It was this, holy shit, got to get to work. I was seeing clients all day long. I mean, I would get to the get up, make my kids breakfast, get them off to school. And you know what that's like. I mean, I know you don't have, you don't, you know, Sully's not going to school yet, but getting your kids up and ready and getting them to school, one to preschool, one to whatever classes. And then, you know, getting to the office. I remember getting to the office and, you know, by 830 in the morning and young working moms understand this, like feeling like you've already been through like a full day. But when you're also operating on a level of, oh my God, how much money do I have to make today? And it, and when you're thinking like that, and what do I have to bring in? And it's even talking about it. I can't, it's like hard for me to even explain the level of constant stress that I felt. And then even saying that, I think to myself, okay, there's so many people that have things so much worse. It almost makes me feel guilty even saying that. I was living in a beautiful apartment. I had two healthy children. Like, I had a wonderful career. Like it almost makes me feel guilty even making it this dramatic. But in my, in again, this is my truthiest life. So in my life, in my world, in that moment, it was extraordinarily stressful. And I just operated at a very high level of stress for a very, very long time. And then again, then my now again, ex-husband, we, we were continuing to then have our problems. And so like, we never really processed the, and I always think like, if I were to go through something like that now, I feel like there would be this, okay, let's slow down. Let's process this. Let's keep life together. How can we minimize our stress and do what we have to do? And I feel like there would be this greater sense of awareness. I feel like at the time, maybe it was my age and experience, or maybe it was just the situation, but I just felt like we just went forward. Okay. I got to go to work tomorrow and you know work all day. So I would see clients all day long. And then I would come home, like I said, so I take my kids to school, get to work, already be worn out, see clients all day long, get home, deal with the bed, the bath, et cetera, et cetera, all of that. And then sit down at my computer and write, write a book that I was working on. That was when I was writing The O2 Diet, which came out in 2010. I had just sold that, done that book deal. So I had book deadlines. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to scale back on clients a little bit so I can work on my book. Well, there was no scaling back. I was just writing my book at night, four in the morning, four to six in the morning until the kids got up or like eight after the kids went to bed to midnight and then seeing clients. And then, I mean, it was an around the clock craziness. I just want to acknowledge that like your world was lit on fire and fire causes you to run. So it makes sense that, you know, you guys felt fire and you ran and there was no processing time. It's a little bit easier to look back and be like, yes, we should have taken a moment, realized that the fire's there, but we're over here. But I mean, I could only imagine what it feels like to be that close to the fire, to have bills to pay, to have two kids, really, you know, that really puts like the fire feeling even hotter that you need to get to school for childcare, for this, for that, like all that stuff really adds up. So uh, I don't think you could have done it any differently, uh, even if you were a little bit older and wiser. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I look back sometimes on how I handled certain things and 
you know, I know there are certain situations that I probably could have handled better. I could have been calmer and I could have been more present. And I think back to that time where I was, I mean, so many different situations where whether it was something with one of my kids or it was a business meeting or something where I was just not present. I was not my best. I was not calm and focused. And I always think about when things come up now that are not as devastating, but when something happens now, I do think back and say, okay, how can I still be present and calm? And like you said, acknowledge the fire. (laughs) How can I acknowledge the fire to bring my better self to the moment? Because I do feel like there was lots of moments there where I probably didn't bring my best self to the situation. Because like you said, I was just running. Hopefully our listeners also like the moms specifically can just relate, especially the moms that do contribute significantly to the income. I have a good friend right now who uh, works at Twitter and obviously her job, you know, at the time of this recording, Elon Musk has just bought Twitter and jobs and our people are getting fired left and right and big changes at the company. And she's obviously, you know, panicked because this is her livelihood. And I bring it up just because I'm witnessing it and it happens to so many moms and it's this inability to like be present, but you have to kind of just let yourself kind of just have this season of lack of presence of being frazzled because I, I just don't know if you can do it any differently when you juggle all the hats that you wear, all the jobs that a mom does and with no time, if you're going to get two to three hours of sleep at night. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, there's another aspect because you're bringing up the momming thing. There was another piece to it where I didn't want to sacrifice anything for my kids in the sense like I didn't want them. We obviously gave up the private school thing. I already talked about that. But other than that, I did not want them to not do or have anything else that I had planned on. If there was a therapist I wanted to see, if there was something that I felt was going to be the right class for my daughter to take, or if there was anything like that, I did not want to say, no, I can't do that because of this situation that we were just put in. So I had that like anger there. Like I'm not, so what it would do is then I would say, okay, fine. Then I just have to work harder and I have to do more this week and I have to get more done. And so that added to that constant cycle of you know, where realistically, like, it's okay. Like you can decide, no, I'm not going to spend that on, on, my kid doesn't have to be in three of those classes or my child doesn't have to have that, or we can wait to do that next year. But I think it was because I had some anger. Like I'm not going to not do that for my kid because of that, you know, mf mm-hmm, <laughs> right? How did you make it to ground again? I went on like that for a long time, a long time. And I'll say, you know, I mean, there is, there's so many people in my life too, that were so supportive during that time, even my banker. I mean, I will never forget. I mean, when I was, had to pay my taxes at a certain point, he said, just write the check. They're going to go through. It'll be okay. Like, don't worry. You're going to like, well, we won't bounce the check. It's all right. You're going to be in a big deficit, but we know you have that endorsement deal coming up, or we know that book deal that that check is coming in in three months and we'll worry about it then, but I'm not going to let that check bounce. And so eat people like that, by the way, this is not like Citibank. This was a, there's a smaller, different great bank. Again, I don't know if you'd want me to share that. So I'm not going to share who and what it was, but like, there are people like that, that I say like that were these, you know, angels, angels in my life that really like helped me in such significant ways. Um, and I remember at one point I came home and I had 
paid my babysitter. I had paid the women that worked for me in the office. And I was sitting there and I said, okay, I've literally got $3. I think it was $3 or $5, $3 or $5. It was like $3.52 or $5.32. I can't remember. So one of those. And I was paralyzed for like, I couldn't function. I was sitting there in the, in my living room thinking like, what am I doing? I'm with my kids this weekend. So that was actually, I had just gotten divorced at that point. Cause I think, or we were separated. Cause I remember being alone and in my apartment with my kids and, and in this nice apartment in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, like no one in the world would ever know that. Right. And sitting there thinking, okay, like I've got enough food to get through. Oh, and no credit cards, of course, working. That was like, that was a given. And so <laughs> I'm like laughing again, like I almost have to laugh at some of this. My brother dropped off $500, a bottle of wine and a Xanax. And right now I think about that. And I'm like, I have such a migraine even thinking about the bottle of wine because <laughs> right now that's what would happen. But like there were people like, like that came in in those moments. And again, I had I had things coming up. I probably had a check coming in from a from again, from a, the book deal or from an endorsement deal or clients paying the next week. But like I got to those points whether it was the taxes or, you know, that having the $3.52 in my bank, like I got there multiple times and every time it felt like a kick in the face and uh, I'm working so hard and like, you know, I'm supposedly successful. There's all this, like, I'm in this magazine again. I have this endorsement. I'm writing this book. Like it looks great. And there is success there, but holy shit, this is really hard. And I want to be focused and spend this time with my kids and give them my best self. Like it was very, very hard. So sorry, you asked me though, how did I sort of get like beyond that? Well, no, but again, I just want to acknowledge like, you know, you see somebody with a private practice in New York City, their name in all the magazines, which at the time was, you know, a huge thing for a nutritionist or credibility, whatever, books, endorsement deals. And you in no way think that that's the same person who doesn't have a credit card at this time. You know, it, it's right. just the unimaginable. And I just hope that that every time we envision somebody's life that we think has to be great and perfect, it just reminds us that we know nothing about anybody at any point in time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to actually bring up one thing that I've developed a great appreciation for. You know, part of what we do as entrepreneurs, you know, we are creative people. You know, we, we have to be creative and we have to be able to sit back and think and create. And when you're doing that, with this huge financial responsibility. And I don't mean just like the overall responsibility, but I mean like the, how am I paying this bill tonight? How am I doing like that pressure on you? It is so difficult to be creative and free mm. and be able to think clearly and to work, right? So I developed a great appreciation for when I don't have that acute stressful situation of there's a fire right there in front of me at the moment when there's no fire and I can just work, even if there's a lot of work in front of me, even if I have so much work to do, if I don't have that fire and I just have the work itself and I can be creative, even if it means I have to stay up till three in the morning or, or for, for in my case, you know, it would really be going to bed at nine and getting up at three in the morning to work because <laughs> that's how I work. But even if it's like getting up and putting in all these hours, it feels like a vacation, like working really hard, but without that pressure feels like a vacation. And there's so much freedom to be creative and to let ideas and things flow. And I did not have that appreciation. I always worked hard in school, in high school, in college. Like I worked so hard in sports, in academics, 
I didn't even have a flame, let alone a flame. I didn't even have, there wasn't even a match. Like my life until then had been pretty simple, I'll say, or, or easy. I didn't have any of that type of stress. So to then work under that stress and then now the appreciation I have for working without that type of a stress, it's a, I don't know, I, I sometimes, I, I remind myself of that all the time when I when I do have moments of, I'm, I'm working freely right now without that pressure on and it is amazing. And I'm not gonna ever take that for granted, ever. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So since then, you have sold your private practice, you've launched Nutritious Life and Nutritious Life Studio. But earlier on in this conversation, you talked about some of the pillars that you would work with in your nutrition practice. And two of those pillars have to do with food and the rest don't. And considering you've been in the nutrition field for a long time, a lot of times we think of older nutritions, for lack of a better word there, as not really seeing the whole picture that us younger dietitians kind of think and talk about, right? Like we think that older dietitians are very calculated in the, in the sense of, you know, I don't even know a better way to say it, you know, just eat less to lose weight. Whereas your approach, which does very much or historically, maybe still currently, you know, talks about weight loss a lot. You're not talking just about food. So what are the pillars and why are they there? A brief synopsis, of course. Yeah. You don't have to get into each one in full detail. (laughs) I know you're like, we don't have, we don't have four hours, Carrie. Well, they're all fantastic, but. (laughs) Well, no, but as we know, but you know, know, I'm just laughing because I never dive into the topic that we were just talking about. So it's funny, like I'm sort of, this is my own like therapeutic session here, diving in and talking about it. So I'm probably going on and on talking about it because again, I don't. And you as a friend, also you in a beautiful way can pull those things out of people to be raw and to share some of that. So, well, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Like if, if your approach to nutrition was black and white, 
I think you would be in a mentally very different place right now without your nutrition philosophy to carry you through, if that makes any sense. Like you went through something awful and being able to recognize that well-being is all encompassing, you know, even sleep, how you even just said, like you, for you going to bed at nine and waking up at three was worked for you. I think again, just shows a level of self-knowledge, a level even of self-care, even if that sounds extreme, you just understand taking care of yourself, even if it's a bit untraditional. Yeah, absolutely. I want to tell you actually one thing, and then I'm going to get to the pillars. I'm sorry, I'm going back. You'd asked me when, how did I sort of get out of that going, going, going? And I do just want to say the one, the one moment that I think did start to slow me down a little bit, um, and I'll make it brief, but I was on the Today Show. So the, so I had just moved out of my apartment. So now we're, you know, a little bit, a couple, again, a couple years later or a year and a half later, whatever it was, I had just finished a move. So I have these two young kids. I'm still building my practice. I had taken on a lot of the responsibility of raising the kids in all kinds of ways. It was a very stressful time. Again, going, going, going. I was on the Today Show. I was in the green room about to go on and I thought I was going to faint. And I turned to the publicist from Women's Health, who I love to this day. And I said, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to faint. And she said, all right, here, have a bagel. And I mean, if I'm going to have a bagel, I'm going to have a yummy bagel, lox and cream cheese. I'm not going to have a stale bagel in the green room. (laughs) But I was like, I'll eat this stale bagel because I think I'm going to faint. I go on, I do my segment with Natalie Morales. I make it through the segment. No one would ever know. I come out and I'm like, Allison, I'm something is really wrong. I go directly to my um, internist and she was like, have you like felt okay this week? I'm like, no, I've been exhausted. I've, my legs have been tingling and all this, but I mean, I got to keep going. Like I've had, I have a practice to run. I've got bills to pay. I've got kids to, you know, raise I'm doing all these things. And she said, you have shingles, but like, you're way too far beyond. Like we can't even do anything. Like you're, you're on the mend from it. Like you're, you're past the point of like, you're done with it almost. And I said, yeah, I've been, again, I've been dizzy. I've had. And so that at that moment, I was like, okay, I am really not taking care of myself. And I know I have a business to run and I have kids to, you know, mouths to feed and all of this, but I have to slow down. I have to slow down. I got to get it together. And so after that, I think is when I really did just step back and really try to take care of myself and put a lot of those things into practice that I was helping everybody else with. Okay. So you had to physically get sick, really get close to your breakdown point in order for you to realize, Hey, I'm not living and practicing what I preach and there are consequences. Yeah. And I mean, and she'd said to me, what's going on in life? I'm like, well, I'm getting divorced. I just moved. I'm running a business. I've got financial stress, blah, 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 all the stuff. She was like, okay, like you got to like take it down a notch. And so that's, but that was that moment. So I did just want to share that. I don't know if you ever heard that story. You may have heard that I did that not hear that story, no. But again, another great example of seeing somebody on TV thinking they made it, not knowing that a moment after they're passing out, you know, going to their doctor, finding out that they have something very serious, you know, just continuing to highlight that point that I think is really important in this episode specifically. Well, and the other thing too is like, again, well, social wasn't even a thing then, but let's say it was, it's not that I don't share those things to, to to try to, I don't pretend anything that I put out there. I just don't share everything I put out there. I say, that's real. I'm just sharing sort of like the things that you'd maybe share with the person in the coffee shop. I just don't usually go deep, but everything that's get going out there is real. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. Yes. I just don't go deep on there. But again, like we already discussed at the beginning, 
for various reasons, but who knows, maybe you're cracking me open for social well, right now. I actually think that in the beginning, I wanted to say it, there's something, you know, it's almost like we applaud the people for sharing online and that's kind of become like the new norm and openly sharing my life has definitely been a reason for my quote unquote success. It came so naturally to me and it was just kind of very easy. But now that I'm many years into it and I have a family, there's something I really admire about you and people who I see that use social media simply to give their gifts to the world, whether it's cooking or psychology or, you know, whatever it is, but like their, their personal life is like really tucked away, like putting things on their stories, not just like, and here's everything that that's going on in my day. It's like, even on their stories, it's still related to their, what they want to share. And it's something I'm fine tuning and learning. So I just don't want to leave people with the idea that sharing everything is the best way. I think that we're all kind of learning that there's a sacredness to our lives behind the screens and our families, or at least I'm learning it. And hopefully you could learn from me secondhand. So I actually love that the world was so different back then and that you put on your dietitian pants and you were a dietitian and then you took them off at home and there were no cameras and there was no phones to be like, this is what my family's eating. You know, if you were going to showcase what your family was eating, it was in a prepared segment. And exactly. even though obviously there's probably a level of fakeness that could occur by not that you were fake, but when we prepare things, right? I think the same thing could still happen on Instagram, right? This is what my family's eating. You know, it's, it's, well, it it's the same and I thing. think that's, I think to me, a lot of it feels so contrived. A lot of it feels so contrived, which is also to me feels a little, it, I don't love that. Right. I, so I is it, is it actually that. real because we're right. sharing it, it real, exactly. you know? Exactly. You asked about the pillars though. <laughs> I would love if we could just touch on the pillars. Yeah. One of the reasons, again, I don't even know if you know this story, but I'd always been interested in nutrition, always, always, always going way, way, way back. And I have so many stories and examples from childhood. But I always say that Nutritious Life was really born when I was in college. I was playing two sports my freshman year, and then I, I dropped one of them, and I only played lacrosse for the next three. But I was an athlete, typical college kid busy social life, academics, all of that was running around. And I really, I always say nutritious life was born during that time because I realized when I slept well, I then was more motivated to eat well. And then when I ate well, I was more motivated to, you know, go to the library and study. And then I felt better. I felt less anxious. I was, you know, a happier person. So I always say nutritious life and those pillars were really born during that time when it wasn't just about, you know, diet and exercise, because I knew if I dieted to an extreme way, like many people I knew in college, I wasn't performing on the athletic field. So there was no choice for me to sort of do that drink diet Cokes all day. That was not an option. I couldn't do that if I wanted to perform well. So I had to eat. <laughs> so I, which was obviously a good thing. So I always say that nutritious life, like the real, it really was born then, even though I didn't know it at the time. So then fast forward to when I was, you know, starting my practice, I had started to study this in school a little bit, but we didn't learn, we didn't learn much about any of this in school, as you know. So I had done a lot of this research on my own about the connection between sleep and stress and stress and food cravings and all of that. And so I said, when I start this practice, I really want 
it to be about so much more than just diet and exercise. Because when I just focus on diet and exercise, that doesn't work. And that doesn't make me feel my best. Again, this is nine, uh, no, when I started the practice was um, 2002. Mm. So my first logo of the business had a little apple, like a little icon for an apple for food with a little arrow to a drop of water for water, with a little arrow to a bed for sleep, with a little arrow to a brain with little things coming out of it to to represent stress. Anyway, and the name of the business at the time wasn't even Nutritious Life. It was Body Fuel. Wow. I never knew that. But the logo was still still represented what, you know, I now call these eight pillars, which is, you know, eat empowered, drink up, stress less, sleep deep, sweat often, nurture yourself, love more and live consciously. So it the eight pillars, as I always talk about, really encompass to me what a nutritious life is all about. It's not just about the food. It's about how all of these different aspects of your life, love more is obviously the relationship pillar. Live consciously is everything from your world and your space to having, you know, you know, I mean, I know you know how your space and your environment can affect you and everything from your mood to choices you make, but also the your your world at large, things like toxins and all of that. So even going back again, when the company wasn't even called Nutritious Life, it incorporated all of these pillars because I knew then I did not just want to go and teach people about calories in, calories out, diet and exercise. There was so much more. And if you didn't connect the dots between these pillars, you were only going to go so far. Mm. I mean, first of all, I've sat down to like, think about what are my pillars that I teach before? And I just like throw the pen up in the air and I'm like, Carrie already covered it with her eight pillars. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing left. She nailed it. She's it's all encompassing. It's already there. Um, but I think that it was so ahead of its time, so progressive because, you know, most people that are really interested in diet and nutrition, and I, I see it all the time on Instagram. And, you know, I, I not that I'm an, an OG, but I am an OG in some ways, you know, my interest in nutrition really began uh, 15 years ago, you know, so I've been, and fortunately enough, there was no social media. So my access to information was much more widespread versus tunneled by a few professionals that I could follow and just like let them sink into my brain. But I see so often people getting on their podiums and talking about food and exercise in such a dogmatic way because they've just started to get a taste for what it's all about. And they think they know so much more, but it it takes time, literally, it takes years to dive into what it means to live well, to experience fallout, to go through hormonal changes of your own as you get older, whether it's even going from 20 to 25 or 25 to 30, 30 to 35, like all of that gives you more information about what it means to live well. Sleeping becomes more important. The one that you touched upon that I'd love if we could get into a little bit more, you said it obviously, but it's not so obvious, is love more. Talking about the way you frame it in Nutritious Life is about your romantic relationships, sex specifically. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate to go through your program and, and become Nutritious Life certified years ago. And I was like, I can talk to my clients about sex, you know, and obviously when done appropriately, when, you know, the the rapport has been established already was like, oh yes, this does have to do with what we're talking about. But what made you include that 
especially years ago in your topics that you discuss when people are coming to you to lose weight or just be more nutritious in general? So the eight pillars of a nutritious life and that logo actually had six pillars. And the two that I added on were the live consciously, which is, again, is your your world, the world at large, but also your actual physical space and love more. So those were the two that I added on a couple of years later. And the reason for it was when I was working with clients, you know, even asking them at the time about stress and sleep, they would say, aren't you just going to give me a diet plan? Again, remember, this is 2002, 2003, 2004. It was like diet and exercise. Tell me what to eat. Tell me how many calories to burn. And I really had to educate people like, no, that's I'm not for you then, because I'm going to teach you how to have long lasting changes that are going to make you feel better. Weight is going to be a byproduct of focusing on all of these other things. So through those conversations, through working with people, which is also something I say, you know, I always, I always remind young people now that are, you know, want to be Insta famous right away and have all, do all this stuff with brands. I say, you got, you're going to get better at this by doing the work, by working with people. That doesn't mean that everybody has to work with people, but you got to do the work, whatever work it might be, whatever you want to get better at there, you got to actually do the work and work with people. So from working with people, working with clients, client after client after client, relationships would come into the conversation. And I would see how there was, you know, people would just as an example, we'd talk about nighttime eating and I'd come to realize like, well, this is all from this, the stressful relationship you're in. And then we would have those conversations. And then, so then I dove into it further and I dove into relationships and connection. And then I did a lot of research on oxytocin, the common connection hormone and how, when you have sex, like you release oxytocin. Oxytocin is an antioxidant. So that antioxidant, you know, we know what antioxidants do. They fight free radicals, those molecules roaming in our body that can cause everything from inflammation to wrinkles to heart disease. So I always say like having sex actually is healthy for you. Right. And I would go into like the oxytocin thing. So I would talk about that, but then I would also say, you know, it's obviously so much deeper than just that. It's not just about sex. It's just that connection, having connection, even with your dog, taking your dog for a walk and having Wherever a connection, you're getting that oxytocin from even yeah. female friendships would go under love more, right? 100%. And then I do. And then We've actually talked a lot about that over the past couple of years as it relates to community, having community, having people and connections in your life. I, and the reason I say the past couple of years is just I think so many people were removed from their communities and removed from connection during the pandemic. And that is hugely important. So now when I talk about love more, it's yeah, there is this science behind it and there is this common connection hormone. But then there's also the aspect of, again, just this connection that's happening and just being a healthy person, being able to share your feelings, put yourself out there, laugh, laughter, we know is, is important for our health and reduces stress. So there's so much we could go into there with love more, but that's how I originally incorporated it as a pillar was really from working with people and spending so much time talking about relationships and how they were either helping or hurting their lives. And then again, I just dove into it. And now it's just a part of, it's one of the pillars. And I mean, to live nutritiously, right? Like we think it's it's going to be very simple. And if I start, you know, when I started my career, I, I probably would have thought you eat right, you move your body, you know, that's, that's health and wellness. But when I saw your pillars, it kind of, it's kind of like a, a swift kick in the booty, you know, where it's like sleep well. And I'm like, but I can't sleep, you know, love more. I'm like, 
intimacy, you know, and for so many reasons at that point in my life, you know, was it was an obstacle, mainly because I couldn't be intimate with myself. I'm not even talking about sexually, but, you know, health and wellness to me was all about food and body image and all this stuff. I was so caught up in 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 this insecurity, like, you know what I mean? That I was so not fully engaged with life, laughing more like, sure, if I was drunk, you know, <laughs> uh, just okay. to be to be brutally honest here, just because, again, it, it was such uh, a wake up call. And, and again, a reminder for anybody who's starting maybe listening to this conversation and like, I want to live well, I want to eat healthy, I want to move my body, great and great. But is it also in tangent when things that are helping you interact with life more fully and engage more with life fully. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So even the food portion of your philosophy has always been really different and it has stood out to me. In typical, like I've kind of talked about here, fashion, we think about RDs or anybody talking about weight loss, talking about eating less and all about, you know, the calories and all of that. Whereas your approach, I think you have an entire book dedicated to snacking and you have an entire book talking about antioxidants, right? Like you look on the back of a food panel and you don't see anything about antioxidants. Like you're in the nitty gritty weaves of food, which I think is so much more important. But to take that approach to food 15 years ago was kind of, you know, unheard of. But I I guess it might tie back to your relationship to being an athlete, but what inspired you to look beyond calories and talk to people in a way that is obviously far more empowering and positive, most importantly, when it comes to fueling their bodies? Well, so it's funny, the antioxidant book actually is the book that I was referring to that I was writing during that whole post-Madoff craziness. And 
it is all about antioxidants. And where that comes from is through when I was working with clients and educating them and talking about that pillar of a nutritious life called eat empowered. I always wanted to teach people from a place of empowerment, not from a place of deprivation. And a lot of that, again, going way back to even my own personal experience, when I was in college in my late teens and early twenties, I knew that when I had a positive mindset toward food, I stayed consistent. I was more consistent. And I saw that working, working with clients when I helped them do that. So one of the ways as I talk about it, and you know, with Eat Empowered, it's all about, you know, I can have these blueberries. And actually, again, that book that came out in 2010 on antioxidants that I was writing during that crazy period of time, I literally say in that book, I can eat blueberries. It's not, I can't have the chocolate cake. And if, and I get into explaining, and now again, it feels almost silly even saying that here now, because now so many people talk about that. But at the time, that concept was more novel, like that concept of flipping that switch and changing your mindset and connecting it to how it affected your stress levels and your cortisol levels, because it does affect your stress levels. So it was that connection between positive mindset and eating a certain way and connecting that to stress and reducing your stress. And again, that's how some of these pillars work together from a physiological and a behavioral standpoint. And so going a step further, when I would educate people on that and eating empowered, I'll go back to that blueberry example that I can eat blueberries. It's well, why, why are those blueberries good? What are they doing for you? And understanding that, wow, they're loaded with anthocyanins and anthocyanins, that's what makes them blue. And those anthocyanins are good for my brain and I'm going to feel better and I'm going to be sharper and smarter and feel better. And that's also going to, they're also going to be good for my skin health. You know, obviously you have to, you have to address the motivation for each person. For some people it's brain for some people it's you know their skin or whatever but that's where that a lot of that antioxidant education came from was from the why do you want to put certain foods in your body why do you want to eat empowered you deserve to put these foods in your body that are going to do such good things for you and when you can flip people's mindset and educate them further on the antioxidant side of it it can get them to eat that way and it helps change behavior for the long term. So in that book, the meal plan that I give in that book, it's all about counting how many antioxidants you get and the more the better. Because I also wanted to play on that because it was it was all about, you know, getting these thousands and thousands of ORAC points, which gosh, I haven't talked about this in so long either, but that's we gotta the bring this back. This is the diet we all gotta go on counting our exactly. antioxidants. But it was the point was it's as much as much antioxidant value as possible. Right. So the more the better. It wasn't like as little calories as possible. Mm -hmm. It's as much. You want more. You want to get more antioxidants. So it was part of that flipping the mindset. If I have these blueberries, I'm gonna get another eight thousand ORAC points. So or ORAC, by the way, just for anybody who's like, what are you saying? It's oxygen radical absorbent capacity. So what it means is, is how powerful that food is as far as antioxidants goes. So the antioxidants, obviously, they're good for you for so many reasons, preventing, preventing neuronal degeneration, heart disease, cancer. But it was also the concept of it in the book was to get people to think about doing good. You deserve to put so much goodness in your body and you're going to reap so many benefits from it. 
it it goes so beyond, you know, how we introduce people to health and nutrition. I don't know why I'm talking with my arm. My arm is like, it goes up and beyond. It's going over until I'm like throwing <laughs> I my, always it my hands. I know I don't usually on podcasts, but I guess I'm that passionate that like my arms are, are flying. <laughs> you know, yesterday I was I was eating a salad and I, I dressed it. I, I love dressing. I even put like sauces on my salads and I love lettuce on its own. I'm one of those weird freaks that like thinks arugula is a divine food. But nonetheless, I was I thinking that. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I could eat like arugula by the handful. But anyway, that goes against my point next, which is essentially dressing, right, which is full of calories, full of fat, all the things that a lot of people are scared of because of the conversation around calories and health over the years, I see it as a way for me to eat more greens, more fiber, more of those micronutrients. And it's the same kind of thing when you're thinking about how can I get more of it in my diet? Sure, it comes with calories, but what else is within those calories, you know? And and by the way, that dressing, as you know, the fat in the dressing helps absorb those nutrients, those fat soluble <laughs> vitamins. So bonus, <laughs> bonus, bonus. But it, again, it was so novel and important for you to do that work, to even talk about antioxidants, to talk about cells. Like you're not just a body that looks in the mirror and puts on clothes and struggles to like close your pants. Like that's not what you're doing this for. Maybe that's what it starts as, but you're a body of cells that is fighting toxins, that's fighting aging. If you want to feel good, you're going to need to be eating things that are protecting your cells health. If you want to be able to, you know, thrive the best you can in this, in this world. So I think that's just like incredible. And for any dietitian that has previously, for any of the older dietitians that went above and beyond to talk about food in this encompassing way, like it, I have such an applaud because it wasn't what people wanted to hear necessarily. Right. right. It wasn't. And it's funny that book actually of all of my books, that is my favorite. I, I really, I loved that book, which again, just the irony that I was writing it during that crazy time. So, but I, I, I do, I, I love that book and it needs to be updated. There are some things in there like fat-free yogurt. <laughs> for sure. I actually wanted to ask you, thank you for saying that. I think it, it's so cool. You know, in my, in my much smaller career, I look back on some of the things that I've posted on social media or articles that I've contributed to. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I didn't. Can I delete that? You know? So I was, I, I was curious if you ever look back and feel differently about a topic or if you cringe at some of the things that you've, you know, said publicly, because so much of it of your life has been in the media or printed or sold in books? And how do you approach going backwards? 100%. But I, it's funny because I'll cringe at a lot of things. But when it comes to nutrition science that I've said in the past, I don't actually cringe at that because I'm very honest about the fact that nutrition is a new science. There's always new research. There's good old research and there's bad old research. There's good new research and bad and bad new research. Like you have to take all of the good research and you know, and synthesize it and then apply it to your specific life or your client's life, right? So I'm always going to continue to adjust and tweak and edit and change the information I'm giving. Now, the pillars of a nutritious life have been there and I and I venture to say that they will always be there, but exactly how some of the pillars interact, exactly how certain, what certain foods do and what certain nutrients do. And we'll obviously, my advice is, and is going to change based on science that comes out. So I have no shame in that. I think if you don't ever change your thoughts on nutrition, then there's the problem. You have to be able to say, hey, I got that wrong. 
And this is what I would say now to that. So even using that example, that was when, you know, I used to, at the time, you know, I was still very pro fat and saying fat's your friend and you need a certain amount of fat, which was also not everybody was saying that at the time, but I was always gung-ho at the fat part, at least during that time in that book, um, when I wrote that book, but it was still, okay, so get the, let's say the Greek yogurt for you're getting the protein and the calcium and get the fat from adding in some almonds, right? Now I, we know a lot more about the benefits of even some saturated fats and why taking out all fat from dairy can actually be harmful. So I would adjust that and say low fat or full fat in a smaller amount with maybe even a, the same amount of almonds or maybe a few less almonds, but I've adjusted that and you have to tweak and you have to grow with the science. And if you don't continue to grow with the science in the field, then A, you're going to be left behind and you're not going to be doing anyone. I mean, I'm out here to help people, right? And I, if I'm not doing that and I can't admit the things that I've said in the past that I'm, I don't believe in anymore, then shame on me. So, you know, Carolyn, who's been on the podcast and is one of our, our friends yeah. and also colleagues, always says, like, I'm a guinea pig. Like, she tests a lot of stuff mm -hmm. on herself before she takes things to clients. And one of the pieces of wisdom that you can offer as well is the fact that you're going we're all going through a life cycle, but you've now gone beyond child rearing and into, yep. you know, hormonal female health stuff. And my favorite class in school was nutrition throughout the life cycle, because I realized that our nutrition needs are going to change. And while I couldn't really envision what that would look like, flash forward 12, 15 years from me sitting in that classroom, you know, I've graduated from my twenties. I've had a baby. I've been through pregnancy, postpartum, you know, beyond in each of these stages, I know that I need different things, not just because I went through pregnancy. So if somebody's listening, they're like, I don't want to go through pregnancy. Nothing's going to change. False. You know, even my dietary needs have, have changed. How much fat I eat has changed drastically from a craving point of view, but also physiologically, I understand why. Is my body producing as much synovial fluid for my joints? Probably not. Wish that it was, but I'm already creaky, you know, and I want to be here for that. So as you get old, right, as you get older, now you're in this next phase of life where a lot of women are facing body changes for the first time or again, because their their metabolism is changing. I know when I worked in private practice, women would come to me post menopause and they were like, what is this? You know, and I'd research and I'd try to, you know, figure it out, but I hadn't gone through it myself right. to know, you know, where you're at. So again, you're just kind of leading the pack of people who have been with you and are growing alongside of you and aging alongside of you to offer that type of wisdom. So I think that's really cool. It, well, it's funny that you're bringing that up because I actually, that is one thing that I'm thinking about, you know, bringing this full circle to the social media conversation. I've been thinking I've got to start sharing more of that because my personal journey there, because I do think that may be really helpful for women going through a lot of the things I'm going through. I, and this is a conversation I have with friends all the time. I already mentioned that I'm going to be 50 soon. And the conversation of how often are you getting your period? And I, I'm really regular. I get my period really regular and, you know, 25 to 27 days every single month. Like I'm still doing that but I'm noticing a lot of other changes. My hair is thinning and, you know, and what am I? And people always ask me like, what are you doing? And how are you doing this? And I know so many people, they're going back to, let's say a diet they did, you know, 10 mm. years ago or post baby. And that I'm not eating carbs and I'm doing this and I'm only having this and it's not working. I'm like, because you have a different body mm. and you are, you're, and it's a good thing. Like you're aging, which is a good thing, but keep, you want to keep your body healthy. And I, 
keep saying, one of the things I'm reminding people is take out all those carbs and you're not going to make the proper hormones that Mm. you need, you know? And so those are things, those are conversations that I've been having a lot with many people in the Nutritious Life Studio community, actually, and then also just friends of mine. And we've been talking a lot about it. So that is actually something that I want to share What's also would be so cool about that is that that generation isn't being served because like you said, like getting on social media isn't so natural to you. And there's only so many people that are on social media in your age bracket, not a lot that have your expertise, right? So I think that would be, I think that I could see you being really good and and comfortable with that. And it's not, it hasn't been sexy. I mean, it hasn't been a sexy topic for people to talk about. Like people don't, but there's no reason it shouldn't be. And, you know, I mean, I think Gwyneth Paltrow just wrote something about this when she turned 50 in, in Goop. There was a, I remember, I remember seeing an article that she wrote about just this topic and turning 50 and there's, but there was something specific with hormones that she'd said. I can't think of exactly what it was now, but I thought to myself, um, you know, not to bring Gwynny in here, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought to myself, like, it's really great that, I mean, I hope she shares too a, a lot about this topic because she does have that power to make it a little sexier For to sure. stop, you know, menstruating and to go through this time. And because- talk about the not sexy times too, right? Like, cause I'm, I'm sure there are things that are, are less sexy and appealing that right. people feel alone about. Absolutely. And when I'm saying sexy, I don't mean actually that of you course. can no, be sexy at this time. I mean, just the topic in general is sort of like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. You know, it should be a topic that's even the not sexy part should be sexy in the sense that we're talking about getting older. And like I said, I have to start saying I feel 50 because I feel like I have the wisdom of 50 and I feel great and feeling 50 can feel amazing. Yes. Well, uh, we are out of time. I feel like I would love to have you back on to talk about nutrition more, but (laughs) I am a huge supplement taker. I just want to kind of get your one supplement. If you could only take one supplement, what would you take? I have two in my mind that you might go for. So I'm I'm wondering which one you're going to pull or a wild card. I have two that it's really hard. Oh, no, I just thought of three. So it's really hard to choose between. Okay. So I'm going to say just the one and then I'm going to give my, my uh, runner ups. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do that. Mm -hmm. So the one would be glutathione. Got it. Nailed it. You did. Yeah. You did a glutathione event a few years ago. I did. I did. And I was like, this is a a super antioxidant that all of us should be taking. The master antioxidant, absolutely. And then it would probably be probiotic. Whoop, got it again. Yeah. And then maybe NAD, which is a whole oh. other topic which we could dive into. Yes, I am taking oh. NAD right now. Yeah. So then maybe NAD. That would probably be the second runner up. But I would say glutathione, then probiotic. And I know you asked for one, but no, I'm just really impressed with myself that I nailed your top two. I, but I mean, you know me, girl, you know me. Well, you're true. You are true to brand. That is for <laughs> sure. Okay, Carrie, we covered a lot of things. We went really deep into your life. And um, I really appreciate you sharing that with us in our community. You are a true bounce back story that did involve hustle, but then return to self care. Um, you show up as yourself and you truly do live your truthiest life. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I hope that Everybody here feels the warm magic that you exude into this universe. I love you. I love you so much. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. We'll see you here soon. I would love it. Okay. Thanks, Kara. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.